Welcome to the miniature maniacal world of micromachines. Race nine different micromachines across 32 blistering tracks. Make sure you keep on winning if you want to advance and knock out all of your opponents until none remain. Blast across the breakfast table in the 4x4. Slam through the sandbox and the turbo wheels. Promptly pass pell-mell across the pool table and the Formula 1 cars. Will you choose Spider, the cool kind of guy who takes calculated risks and bricks of sweat? Or is it Dwayne, the wild card? Is he a lunatic or a genius? We don't know. Each vehicle reacts differently to the environment, and each racer adds its own special quality. Choose wisely and fill your display case with micromachines. Cars sold separately. Welcome to Retrotopia, a video game podcast where Sam and I talk about the different games we've played and try to open up the world of missed games for each other. Today we're very excited to discuss Micro Machines. Before we discuss the game, we're going to catch up a little. Uh, Sam, Micro Machines, am I right? Absolutely. Uh, we were just talking about this a little bit before the pod, but I was over at my parents' house recently and I, I dug out my old collection. So I have um, a bunch that I've been kind of playing around with on my desk here. Uh, actually, if you uh, want to uh, see my collection of micro machines, I posted a picture in the Discord, so you should join our public Discord. Yeah, and you can join the Discord by the link in the description of this podcast. So, uh, what was your micro machine collection all about, Brian? Oh, all about I was uh, I was a military kid when I was young, and everything I did was like airplanes and tanks and jeeps and all the military vehicles. Hell yeah. Uh, I did have the race cars and stuff like that, but I really kind of stuck to the cool looking uh, jets, you know, the ones with the backwards wings and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And there was always like whether it was cars or aircraft or military stuff, there was always some like wacky concept uh, type design, like, you know, like uh, um, I mean, there's like stealth bombers and stuff like that. But then there's like crazy concept cars and wacky um, like experimental planes and shit and it was always fun oh yeah it uh, was a fun time i i honestly liked micro machines way more than I ever liked hot wheels i stopped collecting hot wheels when micro machines came out because they were just and i will die on this hill better yeah they are it's like you know you could get uh, a hot wheels car for like probably at that time like less than a buck but they're still like around a buck now which is pretty crazy to me but you know it was like one per pack unless you got those you know kind of five packs but a micro machine a little pack was always like you got like at least three or four cars and it was yeah, and awesome like that was part of the fun is every christmas or every uh toy season i guess it would come out with a new set of uh cars to pick up so they were always rotating stock yeah and the um like the the play sets that were like interlocking where you could make like a little city or I had oh, like those a play sets were the tits. Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't, they weren't that big either. So like if you're going somewhere you could like, Oh, you know, your parents have to go to like a friend's house and it's going to be boring or whatever. And they're dragging you along. Then you just like pack up a bunch of micro machines and you're all set. Yeah. And you have a grand old adventure and you, you know, you get the one with the uh, car wash in it there and you wash all your micro machines and the little sponges that are never wet. Yeah. I had uh uh, I think it was like a giant camper and it actually, the wheels turned and everything. And then you unfolded it and it was like a, an entire city inside of there. And that, that was, <laughs> that was awesome too. Yeah. Oh, I remember the, um, the camper van. Yeah. That's would the open one. Up and it was like the super play city or something like that. That was the one every kid wanted. Yeah. I had that one. That was the one. <laughs> Pulled it out and it was like, yeah, that was the best. Oh, uh, those were great days. I, I wish I could go back to a time before I paid taxes or I had to worry about money. Yeah, that's why we, well, everyone, that's why we do this show every week is so we can uh, talk about the things that uh, we did when we had less stress and no responsibilities. 
Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to join in on the conversation, you can reach us at Twitter at Retrotopia Pod. You can email us, uh, retrotopiapodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment on Spotify Podcasts. Also, as I mentioned earlier, you can join our uh, Discord by following the link in the description. That's right. And speaking of hearing from our listeners, we started taking comments from our listeners on said Discord. So, Brian, did we have any comments this week? Well, we start with uh, Savagery. Uh, We have one from him, and he says, What basic or common enemy do you feel underappreciated? I imagine, do you feel is underappreciated and deserves more love from any game? My choice is the Boomerang Bros from the Mario series. To me, they're so much better than their Hammer counterparts. So what do you think, Sam? You want me to take this one first? Oh, yeah. I said the question. You can start with the answer, and I'll pipe in with the right answer. Okay. Uh, I had a a couple. Um, I went with uh, Metapod and Kakuna in the original Pokemon, the wild ones that you would find in the Viridian Forest, because I would... I would fight those to grind XP and because they gave 10 times their level. So like a level 40 or a level four would give like 40 experience or five. I'm not, a, not a huge Pokemon guy. I remember though, I like I played yellow and yeah. I remember getting a Metapod and you just had to sit there and let it kind of have uh, eat shit for a while until it evolved, right? You noob. You just uh, get a Weedle and evolve it and then it knows Poison Sting and you're good. And actually, um, I don't know if it this... Um, worked in yellow too but in the original red and blue um i think kakuna and metapod were both just straight bug type and so your poison sting was super effective and that was another pokemon that you could grind up really easily with uh, like a a weedle or a kakuna with poison sting you could grind it really easily and get your beedrill pretty quick on uh metapods and kakunas in the forest maybe i'll have to uh play more pokemon and not be a what you call me a noob yeah you need to play some more pokemon <laughs> pokemon's barely even popular what it's only sold a couple billion right yeah it only keeps uh well it doesn't keep nintendo afloat but it keeps itself afloat yeah and All right. gotta... you said you had another one there buddy what's the second one? Oh, my second one um i guess it counts as an enemy at least in final fantasy 8 but i thought uh i always thought biggs and wedge were really funny and I love that Final Fantasy has those like recurring Biggs and Wedge characters as a nod to Star Wars. And yeah, uh, they actually started in Final Fantasy six. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw that. But like specifically the ones in eight are such goofballs and they're always wow. like tripping all over each other. And Wedge is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. So, of course, of course, Star Wars. Another thing we know that I'm not as big on as you are. Yeah, we can change that, too. What about what yeah. do you got for uh, for enemies there? Well, speaking of Final Fantasy VI, not Biggs and Wedge, but the Emperor from Final Fantasy VI, because he did a lot of legwork in the first half of that of uh, the game there, and you know he doesn't get the credit he usually or he really deserves because he's the one who kind of got Kefka across the goal line to destroy the planet. Uh, spoiler alert! Yes, yeah, if you didn't want to hear that, go back in time and don't listen to it. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, the other one I have is. Uh, Joseph Seed from Far Cry 5 has two brothers, John and Jacob. Uh, They're fantastic uh, boss characters in the game because Far Cry 5, uh, 5, you go around three different uh, areas. Uh, The daughter of Joseph Seed, she's kind of useless. I don't really like her. I don't like her side of the whole game. It kind of sucks. But uh, the other two there, they're just such psychological mind fucks. They're so great of characters. Cool. How are if you haven't played that game? Far Cry games are pretty. 
fun, huh? I've never played one. Seriously, you gotta you gotta jump in on this. You're you're so far behind. This uh, Far Cry Five is probably the best of the series. Nice. Um, and then finally, of course, you got to uh, show recognition to the first Goomba of Super Mario Brothers. He's an absolute killer. He has killed more people than any other video game character. I promise you that without having any data to back it up. Right. Well, you probably don't need any data to back it up because like, you know, even just like when when Nintendo exploded, you know, someone probably picked it up and died right away. And like, well, this sucks and didn't play it again. <laughs> and just based yeah, on those, well, they probably probably ruined a bunch of uh, ruined video games for a bunch of people. Well, I remember uh, the babysitter I had because I was right young when the Nintendo came out. Uh, he got a Nintendo for his kids and he decided to let us babysat kids play it, which was very rare for him because he was a big stickler for that stuff. And I just remember the first time I picked up that controller, I ran right into that Goomba like five times in a row. And, and a star before was I born. learned to jump. <laughs> a star was born. Yeah, exactly. Deadliest character in all of video game dumb. All right, uh, well, we got another question. Yeah. Uh, this one is from Unbuckled Cape, our friend from the Unbuckled Cape comic. Uh, what's it called? Unbuckled Podcast. Comics. Jesus, that, he's going to yell at me for that one. <laughs> All right, the Unbuckled Comics podcast. Unbuckled Cape says, what do each of you feels qualifies as retro and what is retro for the sake of the pod? And this is a good question because it kind of defines of uh, what we're going to do with this podcast. Right. And my answer was whatever we damn well, please. And you're a badass. Drop <laughs> the mic next episode. Next. No, uh, I, but I, but my serious answer is probably like 10 years or so or, or older, but um, yeah. And then retro for the sake of this pod. Um, well, I just want to say I've been having a good time going back to play older stuff that I missed or only got to like rent a few times as a kid. So that's been pretty fun. And then also getting to play, Super Nintendo or NES games that I missed or didn't have access to. Yeah, for me, if I had to draw a line, I'd say anything that's still a bit, uh, not available commercially anymore, such as you can't just go to EB Games or GameStop, whatever it's called nowadays, and go pick it up. So kind of looking at the PS3 360 era, even though PS4 and Xbox One are starting to die out in those stores. Uh, that would be where I draw the absolute line is PS3, Xbox 360. Uh, second one is the games we have access to because the price of retro video games really makes it hard to just run out to the store to pick something up to play. Yeah, so for sure. Emulation is a big part of what we do. And quite honestly, my views on emulation are if they're not going to release the game in some form that I can buy it on, like the Switch Online or something, then emulation's okay because otherwise the money just goes to a reseller and you know the company's not getting or the original creator's not getting money anyways. Yeah, and in some cases, those original creators like have folded or don't exist. Yeah, that's the other thing there, right? So it's, uh, I guess the other one would be uh, right now we're just keeping it to 8-bit and 16-bit games just to kind of uh, get our feet wet and learn the ropes before we actually try something different or more advanced. Yeah. All right. Um, I put in a follow-up question to that into our notes. Uh, what systems would you like to play, Sam? Systems, um, for sure. And I actually left one out. Um, I'd say Xbox and Xbox 360. Um, I had a 360 briefly and, and didn't play it very much. Um, and I never had the Xbox. So like I've never played really a halo game. Um, a lot of the, 
I did play KOTOR, um, but like Mass Effect, was that an Xbox game, I believe? It was. I, I think it was kind of both systems, but I think it kind of uh, gains more popularity or gets more recognized on Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. So like, yeah, anything anything that's known as like an Xbox uh, game from back in that era of like, I'd say 2005 to, you know, 2015 but or so. That's kind of the nice thing with, with the... Um current like game pass you get a lot of their titles like their backlog on game pass there so there's plenty of games to go through oh boy you're gonna now i'm gonna have to buy an xbox or something and i don't oh just get yourself a nice series s there it's a low power low budget all right <laughs> yeah um uh, i actually wouldn't mind doing some more uh more games like halo and stuff like that like i was never a huge halo fan but i will play through the game just for the podcast yeah, my my Halo was Star Wars Battlefront 2 was was my Halo pretty much. That's when everyone was kind of sitting around in college playing Halo. I we were playing Battlefront. Of um, course. Yeah. Again, there's another Star Wars reference from Sam the Star Wars man. Yeah. <laughs> um another uh another one off my list that, you know, kind of or just a box that I want to check is more RPGs from the PS one or PS two era uh, that are not final fantasy titles. So. Oh, and I got a good list of uh, those games for you. Some of the games are actually remakes yeah. of uh, Saturn games. And I guess 32 uh, X, like you got lunar, the silver star story complete on the PlayStation one. That's originally a Sega game from way back in the day. Yeah. That kind of stuff is what I really am looking to, so that one would be uh that's uh, again where we run into the problem of price because uh ps1 rpgs tend to hold a lot of value there Uh, even ps2 like i got a couple of games there that are in the hundreds of dollars and that's uh not something we're going to do for the podcast is run out and spend a couple hundred dollars just to quickly play a game so no absolutely not uh that's why like also i'll i'll watch for uh news of like any any sort of like remaster or re-release. I usually, I like to watch for those and snap them up when I can. Cause yeah. And that's, yeah. uh, that's what I was going to mention as well is we will count remasters as the same thing as the original, even though there'll probably be some quality of life upgrades like that fantasy star we played. I played it on the switch with yep. a lot of enhancements to the game. So it's, yeah. um, it's definitely, doable we'll just have to figure our way around certain barriers yeah for sure and final reason is the whole reason we started this podcast is because you played sega and i missed out on a lot of sega games and i played super nintendo which you missed out on a lot so now we're just kind of throwing games at each other to try out that's right yeah but uh yeah so oh speaking of which uh thanks for the questions and i just wanted to say uh savagery uh that that boomerang guy from and brian you'll probably you'll know what i'm talking about when they throw the boomerang i always thought that was a sock <laughs> did you yeah <laughs> <laughs> common crusted sock that comes back yes. why is that sock so stiff and why can he throw it like that <laughs> oh, no way I right, can we make it through an episode without uh, you making it dirty? Uh, we'll answer that question on episode 100. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> when we cover Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> I got the whole collection. Oh. 
or or a hentai game. I keep I keep oh. pushing Brian to to play a hentai game, <laughs> which I've when not I'm played. Met, yeah, <laughs> that'll be a long uh, a long battle for you. But when yeah. I met my wife, the first game we played together was actually Le- Leisure Suit Larry on the PlayStation Two. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, we took turns and. You know, we fell in love guiding a sperm through the fallopian tubes. Oh, wonderful. It was it was magical. <laughs> so what do you got on the go right now? Like, what oh. are you playing currently? Yeah, so, I've, you know, this week I've been playing around with Micro Machines quite a bit. Um, today, um, we were uh, off work, um, and I played... Uh, I played a little bit of SimCity, got that started. I, I mostly read the manual and then kind of played around with it a little bit. 80 pages. That manual is massive. It's a huge. Yeah. So I, I just read the first part that tells you how to like make a town. And then I just started to kind of mess around with it. And then. Uh, yeah, on the go on the switch is going to be um, Final Fantasy three, the pixel remaster for the for an upcoming episode. Uh, how about yeah, you? I'm- I, I'm going to have to start Final Fantasy 3 here soon as well, but I've already played it, so I'm, it's just more of a refresher. Um, I finished Lufia 2 today. That was a fantastic game. Nice. Uh, one of the ones I slept on when I was young, so this is my first time I played through it. And uh, a neat little, or not neat, but uh, there's a glitch in the North American version, and I think the ROM as well. One of the levels completely glitches out, and you need to figure out how to navigate through it to find a, a required item. So it was uh, one little barrier, but I got over it with a quick walkthrough and uh, moved on. So, yeah, I was also playing Micro Machines. I jumped on the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo version just to see what the difference were. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot. Just the music is different. The graphics are better on the Super Nintendo, but the gameplay is pretty much the same. Yeah, it doesn't change. I, I did the same, except I played the a little bit of the NES one and then the Sega version that I that I played. So, yeah. All right. So uh, before we get into the discussion, I'm just going to put in a quick clip. I believe I was the one who recorded, it, if I remember correctly. Yes. About micro machines. In the mid-1980s, Galoob, a part of Hasbro now, made a line of miniature vehicles called Micromachines. They were cars, trucks, boats, planes, helicopters, motorcycles, and more that captured kids' imaginations. Special sets were made for the franchise such as Star Trek, Star Wars, Babylon 5, Power Rangers, Men in Black, and others after Hasbro bought Galoob. Micromachine truly was a phenomenon of the 1980s and 90s. Playsets resembling giant vehicles like Superman City were released alongside the cars. These would transform into cityscapes and could be used to play with and store the cars. Micro Machines exceeded the sales of their competitors such as Hot Wheels, Matchbox, and Majorette. John Muschita Jr., who held the Guinness Book of World Record spot as the world's fastest talker, would be the face of the commercials becoming known as the Micro Machine Man. I'm the Micro Machine Man and I'm waiting for you to launch out of the time. But first let me tell you about another launcher, the Micro Machine's Power Launcher. With super storage for two unbelievably ultra-fast Micro Machines, simply strap it to your wrist, roll up the roadway, ramp, pull back the power loader, then let it rip. The totally terrific Micro Machine's Power Launcher, the only with a launcher, totally terrific ultra-fast Micro Machines from Galoob. And remember, if it doesn't say Micro Machines, it's not the real thing. Oh! In 1991, stemming from the popularity of the toys, Codemasters developed a demo called California Buggy Boys to showcase their skills. They obtained a license from Galoob, who sent them a large amount of the toys for reference. Codemasters didn't have a license to build with Nintendo, so they had to reverse engineer the console to figure out how it worked. 
It was completed in September 1990, but a bug that would cause the game to crash was overlooked. It was caused when the player reversed on the first track, and none of the playtesters considered trying it as they deemed it too simple. As it had already produced a sizable number of ROM chips, a device described as a miniature game genie was installed in the cartridges to correct it. Cam America released the game in 1991, but Nintendo immediately sued to halt it as they did not have a license to develop on the NES. Nintendo would later sue Galoob, creator of the Game Genie, claiming that the device created derivative works violating copyright law. Canada continued to sell the Game Genie in the meantime. Nintendo would ultimately lose their case, and the sales of the Game Genie would resume in the United States. After Micro Machines was released, the NES version was ported to the Genesis, the Game Gear, the Master System, the Game Boy, the Super Nintendo, the CDI, and PCs. The SNES and Genesis versions were enhanced to reflect the more advanced hardwares. Sega's missing Micro Machines license caused a delay in the release of the game on the Genesis. Critics and fans well received Micro Machines. Critics praised the multiplayer mode as they called it addictive. The game would receive many accolades and make the top game list of several video game publications, including making number 31 on IGN's Top 100 NES Games of All Time. Micro Machines would have multiple sequels, including the latest release in 2017 on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And that is a little bit of the history of Micro Machines. Uh, before we talk about Micro Machines, we asked our Discord friends to post their comments. And so first up, we have a comment from Raging Demon. And Raging Demon says, I played the second one, I'm pretty sure. It was on the Mega Drive. It had the extra ports on the cartridge. And it blew our tiny little minds that we could rent a game that four of us could play at the same time. Fun game indeed. The spoiled kids these days have no idea. They don't know the struggle. They don't see the N64, Dreamcast, and Xbox and think, wow, four controller part ports. I had to get multi-taps for Point Blank and Daytona USA. By the way, good stuff, Captain N and Storm Beagle. Keep up the good work. Oh, thanks, thanks Raging Demon. Who are these Captain N and Storm Beagle folks? I, I have no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. The, uh, the online personas have come to haunt us. Yeah, we, we use our made-up names here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so wait. This this uh, I read this comment before and it kind of like it confused me for a second. So you'll have to let us know, Raging Demon. Uh, there were extra ports like on the cartridge. You you plugged your controller right into the cartridge. That sounds crazy. Well, I know the Super Nintendo one had a, uh, a four player mode with the multi tap there. Yeah. I'm going to look this up. I'm just going to look it up real quick. Too. Yeah. If I could spell micro machines. Whoa, no shit. That's oh, cool as fuck. Look at that. This is what <laughs> happens when you don't license your uh, your games. You get some good creativity. Yeah, and those are the those are like the whatever that was called, like the nine pin little controller ports that uh wow. I never knew they had that. So there's like two controller ports and then like two weird ass controllers that are like sticking out of your cartridge. Yeah, and that's for the Micro Machines 2, though. Micro Machines yeah. 1 didn't have that. Yeah, that's so cool, though. Like, man, Sega had, like, the weirdest, like, stackable, like, oh, shit God. coming out of everything. <laughs> like, I swear to God, the Power Rangers Zords had less connectivity than the Sega, <laughs> or Sega, uh, Sega Genesis system did. Oh, man. You ever see those, like, uh, those, like, memes of, like, people stacking, like, 
Sega add-ons on top of each yeah, other. Yeah, the 32X like, with the Sonic 3 and the Knuckles and cartridge and all that kind of crap. Yeah, I've seen the uh, how high it can get. Yeah, instead of putting a <laughs> instead of putting a Sonic 3 on the top of that, like shove micro machines on there and put two extra controllers in it. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder if you could get micro machines in Sonic. Oh, that'd be sick. <laughs> that'd be uh, that'd be funny if it actually did work with just any old game and just stuck the uh, you know. Sega required all programmers to put the protagonist into Sonic. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like I wanted so bad for that to be true, but it just wasn't. I I stuck like pretty much any game that I could think of into the Sonic and Knuckles and it just didn't do anything. Yeah, uh, that's what I heard. That's why I never bought Sega because it was all lies. (laughs) All right. um, So let's get into the game here. So this is Micro Machines. I played it on the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo, as I mentioned earlier. Sam, you said Nintendo and Genesis, right? Yeah, for this playthrough, although I never played it on the NES as a kid. I always this was a renter for me and I would I would get it on my Sega. All right. So uh, you have played this game before when you're young. So uh, why why did we pick this game? Like, what was your criteria for this game to make it to our list? Well, this is just like a fun, nostalgic game for me i have good memories of of playing it it's a it's a as i remembered it was a decent top-down racer and a good a surprisingly good licensed game you know there's a lot of there's a lot of shit out there but also micro machines fucking rule we, we already talked about that a little bit up top and just like just the um the environments i would always remember those really stuck with me like the breakfast table and the the desk with the all the notebooks and shit on it and it's just it's a great game. Yeah, I remember having the gold cartridge for the Nintendo there and there's some um switches in the back. And I don't remember exactly, and I'm going to look this up again because uh I'm pretty sure the uh switches in the back actually did something to the game. Really? Wow, what man, between this and the and the Mega Drive cartridge that had like extra ports on top of it. What a what a crazy game for uh, just like random peripherals, like right on the cartridge. Yeah. And I know, as I mentioned in that uh, little blurb there uh, a few minutes ago, the uh, maybe I'm thinking of a different game. Oh shit. But the uh, game had a mini game genie kind of installed inside of it to fix a glitch. Yeah. Or a bug in the game code. So wow, I don't know I if this is that. just that mini game genie sticking out. That's so cool, man. What a, what a time. And of course, like there's, there's some, uh, some synchronicity there because Galoob who made micro machines also made the game genie. That was, that was one of their products. Yeah. Super popular. And they got sued over and they lost horribly. Yeah, we only got sued in the uh, in the United States, so Canada actually got the Game Genie for months before you guys did. Oh wow! Yeah, I I mean, obviously, I was I was too young to realize that any of that stuff went on, but um, I had a I had a cousin who had a a Game Genie for the NES, and then uh, also the Super Nintendo too, I think. And I just remember that that code screen with that little sword, that like little scimitar sword or whatever, and the yeah. Well, my Nintendo at one point before I had uh, before I replaced it, actually, I had to use the Game Genie to play games because it it was just so worn out. Oh, like the because it had that spring loaded 
deck. Yeah, and the Game Genie kind of bypassed that and let you play the game without pushing it down, and that was the only way to get the games (laughs) working. That's awesome. (laughs) Hey, it works, it works, right? Yeah, that does work. Um, Yeah, yeah, I had had Game Shark for the Game Boy, and I remember that was a lot of fun to play. Oh, I remember the Game Shark, yeah. Yeah. Everybody was all about the Game Shark books you could buy, and they used to put them up at the, uh, like, I don't know about you guys, but here in Canada, GameStop used to be called Electronics Boutique yeah, way EB back in the day. Yeah. And uh, you'd go to your uh, EB Games or Electronics Boutique, and they'd always have a Game Shark book up at the front counter by the cash. Yeah, and, I remember those. Those like um, those code manuals. Yeah, and you can you get yeah. them updated when new games came out. Yeah. Yeah, just think like even even though the internet was a thing those books still hung around for quite a while before they all kind of went the way of the dinosaur. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's stick to mostly the, uh, NES game for this conversation, but you know, when you feel like throwing in some differences or some comparisons there, go ahead. So, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, get our first thoughts on the Nintendo cartridge version of micro machines. Yeah, I mean, I, I played a little bit of the NES version, but it's it's a great looking. Um, I think this was probably 1990 or 1991. So it's a pretty late NES game, but it's it looks great. Um, I played it on the Sega, which um, and then you played it on the Super Nintendo, too, which improves the the graphics and the music and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's not all that much different. It's basically the same game. Yeah, it's uh well, it's a weird that they actually took the time to make different music for the different systems. Yeah. And I think it's only the Genesis and the Game Gear that kind of have the same soundtrack because they're built at the same time. I but love that, the the menu. There's really only one song to speak of. I think maybe two. But that menu song uh, yeah. is, is great. I love it. <laughs> and that's that's the thing about this game, too, is there's no music throughout the game. It's just silent when you're racing. You hear the buzz of the cars, and but you know there's no background music or anything. You hear the um, competitors off in the distance, so you know you got that going for you. I kind of like that actually, because uh, unlike Jungle Strike, which uh, you know, and Desert Strike, which were just like way too quiet most of the time. Yeah. Um, this game, you know, there was some plenty of ambient noise in the background between like your engine and kind of stuff going on in the background, and when when the cars got close to you, even from behind or when you're approaching them from behind, if you're, you know, in third or fourth or whatever, and and there's kind of a gap, you can hear them in front of you. um, And the sound increases and changes as you get closer. Yeah. I noticed that too. And actually the funny part is I didn't even notice there wasn't music until about the fourth or fifth race. I realized I was listening to nothing. So the music doesn't even need to be there. That's how good this game is for just fun. Yeah. It's like, you, you don't really need it. Yeah, what did you think of the levels? Like the um, the different. Well, we'll get into the different levels, but you know, you kind of have that. Uh, what's it called? Honey, I shrunk the kids yeah. motif going on, right? Yeah, I love it. This game is so much fun. Just like even just to look at. Like even, uh, I mean, full disclosure, I'm not very good at it. I found um, it's very tough, or it can be very tough, depending. Oh, it gets on... really tough real fast. Yeah, but like just the when you're on a tabletop, like one of the first levels you'll play is um, you're on a, on a breakfast table. And then like the course is like the track is lined with Cheerios, <laughs> which was, I loved like that yeah. was fantastic. And when you, if you're like 
you can go off the track a little bit. It's kind of forgiving, although some of them you, you blow up pretty quick if you go off the track. But like, yeah, it, your time, like, you know, if you go off the track, I think you have like uh, 10 seconds before it's just like, screw you, blows you up and puts you back on. Right. But in some of those levels, some of the earlier levels, you can take some pretty decent shortcuts by oh, yeah. the track. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like, well, I was going to say about the Cheerios is like, if you're riding on the, on the Cheerios, it's like, (laughs) yeah, like there's texture to them. Yeah. Yeah. There's texture to the stuff. And then like, I mean, the, I mean, the, the graphics look gorgeous. The, the oranges on the, on the breakfast table and like the cereal box that you have to go up the ramp and drive over the cereal box. Yeah. Like everything, you know, is what it's supposed to be like. It's detailed enough without being overly detailed. It's uh, good use of the the assets they had, but they repeated it a lot because a lot of the levels are the same. So it's just kind of taking the same assets and dropping them all over the place. Yeah, but I didn't. I never found that that was that that got stale. You know, it like never um, did because the yeah. courses were different enough that it was fun. Well, they were different enough, and I think they were spaced out enough because there were a variety of different vehicles too, like. This this is a Formula One race. This one's a a four wheeler race, and this one's a you know like a dune buggy race. Like every race was different, and then by the time you got back to it, it felt fresh again. Yeah. Uh, what were your frustrations with the game? You said it was pretty hard. Was there anything in the game that just kind of like kicked you in the back of the head there, just making you angry? Oh yeah. <laughs> when uh, well, sometimes like the um. I don't know if the characters I had had like bad handle. I I did. I did learn later on. Like I looked at the manual and found that the characters each had different attributes and stuff. And so like if you you pick your 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 racer. Right. And then you pick your opponents. So if you don't select your opponents, uh, I guess if you're not wise in your selection of your opponents, you can get stuck in later races with um opponents that are like very fast and like have you know cheap and dirty and yeah they get they have good skill and stuff so like you want to knock those guys out and then have like walter or something the bow yeah the super nintendo version um above each character's name kind of give you a hint of what their specialty is like right uh, they had uh one of them what's her name cherry uh she was uh, described as crazy yeah crazy and then there was like uh the, whatever the cool guy was like ace or whatever his name was or oh, spider Sp- spider yeah <laughs> spider and he was cool and then um i think emilio was the one that really fucked me over because uh emilio was the one i played as oh did you okay i did try playing as him too and then that that was kind of when i was running out of time but like i got to a point where i was pretty far in and then he just was like faster than i was and i could not do anything about it and yeah, then we'll, if you don't uh, get far enough, we'll get ahead, into each character here in a minute. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like I had the same problem when I was playing as Emilio. Uh, Spider was faster than Emilio. Yes, and then like if you don't take the turns perfectly, like pixel perfect, and and like get around it, and like you're not spinning out, and you're not you know the running into shit. Um, you have to get you get pretty far ahead, but like on a straightaway, they'll like catch right back up to you. And I noticed too, like. Uh, something that kind of irritated me was like third lap. There was some rubber banding going on because everyone got markedly faster. Like I, there was a point where I crossed the, you know, the, the line to go into the third lap and there were other cars around me and they just immediately got faster. 
Well, you never know. Maybe it's just uh, up your challenge or maybe it's just fuck you, Sam. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like making the third lap a little more dicey or something, which which is fine. I mean, that's a way that that those games, you know, put difficulty into them. So there's not a problem with that. It's just like when you're not when you're not good at it and you're not spending a a lot of time with it like you would as a kid, then it's like, oh, come on. But, so yeah, it was it's yeah. Game, uh, sorry, I was just counting how many uh, playable characters we had because we're going to get into that now. The playable characters, which are the different types of micro machines themselves, and we have seven plus the one for the bonus level. So we're going to start with the sports car. Yeah, and that is the one you do on the desk, I believe. Yeah, the desk with the lower. school supplies and all that. Yeah, so the sports car. It's um. It's fast as fuck, but it slides. Oh, man, does it ever slide off the track so many times. That was the first real difficulty spike, and it's pretty early in the game because you do, like, the breakfast table, and then you do the sports cars on the desk, and it's like there's a part that just, like, comes out of nowhere where you have to cross a ruler. Oh, um, yeah, and they put a friggin' eraser in the yeah. There's two rulers side by side, and there's an eraser on the one side there. And if you miss it by just a slight bit there, it bumps you off the table. Yeah, it is It is very difficult to uh, get the hang of that, and it just takes repetition. Yeah, and if you're faster than everybody, then hopefully you can get enough ahead that you can let off the gas and line yourself up before hitting it again. Yeah. <laughs> I always went, like, after I went to the ruler, there's a a right turn you have to make, I guess left if you're uh, going from the direction of the car. Yeah. But uh, it's right at the edge of the table. And that's where I usually have my first problem sliding off the table. So I'll hit the corner too late. Yeah. And then I'll just slide and it'll go right along the edge and then boof, it's gone. Yep. And that's like when the car falls, it's like makes like a whistling sound while it falls. And then just a little poof. <laughs> yeah. So I'm uh because I don't want to, backtrack uh since we're talking the sports cars and you said they're the school desk let's talk about the school desk tracks um, yeah they're marked by chalk so there's nothing like physical to bump across you just drive over chalk they're on tables so you can fall off the edges yeah uh, the obstacles on this course include the ruler bridges the binder jumps erasers that narrow the track and slippery ink spills yeah well, I thought those that one binder jump is so cool too cuz it's like this is the shit that I would that I would absolutely do with my micro machines. And that's why I love this game. It's like, you know, you just take shit that's around and make, you know, roads and like little bridges and jumps and stuff off of it. It's just yeah. what a great I'm sorry, just what a great that, game. that first binder jump <laughs> in the first uh desk race is yeah. just such bullshit on your first time through because you hit the corner and you slide and this is where i uh i first started realizing i got to be a little more gentle on the gas but yeah. you slide around that corner and if you can't line yourself up you just don't get the momentum to jump that desk yeah and your race is over yeah and i've actually uh there were a couple times when like someone would bump me and turn my car kind of sideways and then i just wouldn't make it across <laughs> yeah Happened to me a few times. But if you do get ahead there, you can uh, hit the corner out in the second and third lap and slow down a bit to line yourself up. Yep. It, was, it wasn't too bad. All right, so uh, let's go back. We did the school desk. Let's start with the bathtub. Um, you do start with the bathtub, excuse me, race, which is a qualifier, a one-lap kind of get used to everything uh, yeah. race, and you're in the boat. And... 
the power boats, all they do is they glide across water. There's nothing special about them. They bounce when they uh, get up to speed. They have good handling. They jump the bubbles in the middle of the thing. And there's a, a whirlpool from the drain that you have to avoid. Yeah. And then you can, uh, there's rubber ducks, but then I think there's like uh, soap, like bars of soap that you can jump onto and then over. Yeah. And shampoo bottles as well yeah. that are in your way. <laughs> Did you ever have any of those little, uh, those little power boats, like the little uh, like speedboat micro machines? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I had one and it was like, you know, like obviously I played this game when I was a kid, so I was still taking baths and I had that one speedboat and I was like, oh, I'm going to take it in the bath and play it like the Micro Machines game. And it's like the fucker did not float. <laughs> so <laughs> oh my God forbid. Yeah, I was like, oh, come on. Well, there's a hole in the bottom of it so you could stick it on like a trailer, I think. But I was like, God damn it. That's not fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a submarine, but it kept sinking as well. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so the bathtub tracks are marked by uh, by bubbles, so you have to stay inside the bubbles. And if if you don't, you can't veer outside of them. You just bounce off them, and it slows you down. Yeah, yeah. It's not um, like um, it's not like being in the in the cars and going outside the lines. Yeah, and uh, it uh, it comes up a few times. The boat races are not too bad. Again, depending on who you're racing. So. After you're done, you've qualified the first boat race. You're waiting to do it a second time. The next level and your first actual race where you pick opponents is the breakfast table. And you do the four by fours, a.k.a. Jeeps without the license. Yeah. (laughs) And they handle really, really well. Yeah. And that's a that's just a fun, low key race that it's it's very easy. But yeah, it's just a fun little introduction to an actual three lap race. Yeah, it's uh, again, you're on a table, so you don't fall off, but it's not really an issue because the Jeeps turn so well that you're not actually going to fall off. Yeah, and they're a little bit slower than like the, the sports cars or the, um, gosh, what is it? The Are the turbo wheels the ones that are the... Turbo uh, wheels are the beach ones. Yeah, the beach ones and the, the F1. I mean, those ones are all pretty damn fast. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of nice. These ones... Uh, well, they handle, like you said, really well. And then you got the Cheerios, which mark your track, and you can actually bounce off the Cheerios. And the nice, well, nice thing, but interesting thing about this game is when you actually bounce off the ground, you lose traction for that like microsecond that you're uh, off the ground, which comes into play some of the other levels. Yes. So um, as you race around this level, you have a couple of obstacles. You have breakfast foods in the middle, like you said, oranges, bowls, boxes of cereals and stuff. And you have maple syrup da- uh, dabs, daubs. You thought that was word. syrup? I thought it was orange juice. No, it's uh, maple syrup according to the internet because I thought it was, uh, what did I think it was? I thought it was just right. Reg- oh, I thought it was honey. Oh, okay. But anyways, it's maple syrup because, you know. Awesome. That's what the internet tells us it is. And it slows you down just in, uh, just a little bit. But, you know, it doesn't slow you down too good, uh, too long. Yeah, and you can actually kind of avoid it by... It's it's risky because if you either fall off or blow up, it'll respawn you at the last point that you were actually on the track between the lines. Yeah, you, you got to play it go, safe. Yeah, but you can go outside the lines and avoid the, the syrup. And the other cars will just like plow right through it. 
yeah, if you actually stay on the line, you're still considered in the track. So if you're bouncing off those Cheerios, you're in the track so you can avoid if you know where they're going to be, you can avoid them. Yeah, that was a that was a nice little tactic that I would kind of use to get myself ahead a little bit on those like yeah, I knew everyone was going to go right straight through the the syrup. Yeah. Um so in the next level is the school desk. We already talked about that with the sports cars that drift way too much. So we're going to yeah. skip right over to the garage floor and the highway warriors. Oh, that one was crazy. And I, you know, like the highway warriors had these spikes in the front. So like the collisions with your opponents could actually blow your car up. Yeah. And that was a, it's a strategy too, because if you hit them from behind, you'll blow them up. But if uh, you hit them from the side or the front, you both blow up. Yeah. Um, and actually I, I saw this cause I was like kind of cruising YouTubes and, and looking for, um, uh, just different, like micro machines commercials, like kind of like get nostalgic for it. And they actually, I never had these. I don't know if you did, but they had these like highway warriors, uh, like add ons to the cars. So it was like a, I don't know if you could put it on all the car bodies, but it would clip on top of an existing micro machine and like beef it up and give it spikes and stuff. So I don't know if you ever played with those, but I guess the highway warrior was a, a product line for micro. I, I don't remember them at all, but I saw that uh, when I was making the notes that they were, you know, reference to the highway warrior line. So yeah, it looks cool as hell. <laughs> yeah. That's actually interesting that you could clip something onto your micro machines. Yeah. I actually had one, um, not a highway warrior, but I had one like, different micro machine set that had like uh it was customizable so it was like a micro machine but you could take off the wheels and put different ones on and like add um like hood scoops and all that kind of stuff oh i'm uh that, that sounds familiar yeah it was so cool okay yeah sorry like they, they came in like little kits right freaking geeking out about micro machines over here <laughs> a whole podcast is about geeking out about our childhood yeah <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So on the garage floor, you're on the highway warriors. They have spikes. You can take out your opponents or take out yourself, depending on how you drive. Uh, the, the track is marked by chalk and the obstacles you have are glue, which slow you down paint, which makes your wheels slip for a few seconds. And then you have the other cars trying to knock you over. And then, you know, you have just bolts and nuts in the middle of the road. Yeah, I didn't have too much of a problem with this one. I, I think I beat it on the first try because the track itself wasn't that hard. The um, the the Road Warrior car, whatever, handled pretty well, kind of like a four by four. And I actually think I got ahead of my opponents and just never saw him again. And this is the one where I learned if you ride the line that uh, you won't actually blow up and be put back. And that's how I avoided the glue and the spills is I just put this uh, line between the spikes. Yeah. And that's what made this one fairly easy. And then again, we're talking the first track because uh, we're not going to get into the specifics of each different level on this uh, this episode. Yeah. But it's time to go to the beach because that is our next level on the beach with the turbo wheels or dune buggies, whatever you want to call them. And the turbo wheels are fast, 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 but they handle not so well when they're bumped in the air. Yeah, this is another one. There was a jump on that first one that I would always get kind of thrown off course. Yeah, it um, was a narrow jump. It really was. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was like um what was it? It was like a shot. It wasn't a shovel. There was a no, shovel. No, it was just uh, two pieces of wood. Yeah, that's what it was. But it wasn't yeah. yeah. 
you're cooking it down a straight too. And then you yeah. like when you get up to full speed with these things, you don't have a lot of time to react when the track changes. Yeah. So you kind of have to feel it out there and memorize when to turn. Yeah, exactly. I got stuck on this one for a while. Cause there was, there was a lot of um, like little rocks or pebbles or whatever that would just completely stop you. And if I tried to anticipate a turn and I turned like too early, I would just get stuck in these rocks. And it yeah, was- and if you turn too late, you're sliding around. You had no time to line yourself up. Yeah, it's pretty much game over. <laughs> Spent so much time in the water in this level the first few times. Oh, that too. Like, and even even though I knew it was there, it would just like would randomly take a turn and end up in the water, get bumped into the water. It's like, yeah. God damn it. So the obstacles you'll uh, run into in the beach level are shovels will be in your way and they'll be used for jumps in later uh, later races. Uh, the bumps will cause you to lose traction. So if you hit the bumps and you try to turn, you'll slide a little bit before you're able to turn and often you'll end up off uh, off track. Yep. Uh, you have the water hazards throughout and then the sand castles, which kind of prevent you from just, you know, doing circles in the middle of the track. But... Um, this one has the track marked by lines in the sand, like somebody just ran their finger along it. Yep. But the markings don't affect your car at all, so it might as well just be another chalk track. Yeah, so, it was yeah, it was very similar to that. Not like the not like the bumpy Cheerios. Yeah. Uh, next one you have is the pool table with the F1 racers. The F1 racers are fast cars again, but they handle very well. Just what I cool. guess like actual F1. Yeah, just what a cool race. And it's like, this is the iconic, you know, this is the iconic race because this is the the picture that's on the cover of the game. Yeah. yeah. And it's a uh, it, it's really fun race. Like your obstacles are the obviously pool balls in the middle of the uh, middle of the way pool cues if you run into them. Uh, but the biggest one is there's a playing card that gets you up on the ledge and yeah. You know, you're racing around like these. I think the F1 cars are the fastest. Oh, so yeah. again, once you get up the top speed going down the side of a pool table and you have to make a right turn, well, the car handles well, but you still have to turn at the proper time. Oh, yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty unforgiving. Like uh, there were ones where I would like make the turn, but not like really tap the the direction button enough. And I would just end up angled just so that I would just end up off the side. Yeah, and what really sucked is when you're going back onto the middle of the pool table there, you had to hit the card because if you fell off that little ledge, you oh. would uh, you would die and you'd go yes. back. Yes. And, and if you fell in any of the other like pool um like the pool pockets, you would you would die except for the one where you went back down onto the felt and had to go into the corner pocket. Yeah, like, and it was the marked on the track. Yeah. Yeah, there was a specific pockets you could go into, but uh, other than that, you're kind of screwed if you landed in one. Yeah, this this was like such an imagined. I love this race so. Oh, it was a, this was probably the best track or like the best uh, level in the entire game. Oh, absolutely. The and only like, problem is the tracks are marked by chalk on the table, and that's that's a pool no no. Don't do that. Yeah, what kind of kid like that kid got in so much trouble because oh, his dad yeah. came his down. Dad, it was back in the early nineties. His dad is just beating the ever living fuck out of him. That's my pool table. You With the pool cues, yeah. You put chalk on my felt, you little fucker. <laughs> Actually, why like, me and your mom got a divorce? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is very specific. <laughs> I mean, a little childhood trauma, I guess. I just like the. Uh, 
the floor on this one too is like that. I don't know if what is is that like parquet flooring or whatever. Like you can see the pattern of the floor. Of course, early nineties parquet under the flooring. pool table. Just like it's so awesome. Just the the detail that went into it. Well, it's very simple details, but you know it's it's fun details. Yeah, that's it. That's the that's the word for it. Parquet. Why do I know that? That's weird. But oh anyways, yeah, that's excellent. Excellent detail. Cool parallax shifting of the floor underneath, just like a, any any tabletop, you yeah. know, that's in this game. It's just top notch. It is perfect. And then it's time to go back to the bedroom because you got in trouble. So now it's time to play in your room. So the bedroom has tanks. Yeah, you, you got grounded for drawing on the fucking pool table, you little shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the tanks are fun because they can uh, shoot each other, but they're piss poor at cornering. Yeah. So it's more of a battle level. So as you drive through, you're shooting the crap out of your opponents there. And this is where you can kind of take out some of the faster people if you make it here or if they make it there. Yeah. And was this because um, the NES only had two buttons. Was that pretty difficult to deal with because you had... Uh, I believe to shoot the cannon, you had to press A and B at the same time. Uh, I didn't shoot the cannon, to be honest. Oh, okay. I mean, you didn't waste your time with it. But like, yeah, if you wanted to shoot the cannon, I guess, like, obviously, like, A is is uh, acceleration, yeah, yes. B is break. Oh, look at that. They uh, named appropriately, appropriately for the uh, button letters, huh? Yeah, acceleration and break. And then, like... You, when you press both of them at the same time is when it fires. But I believe on the Sega version, and, and I'm assuming also, of course, like the Super Nintendo, there were there was a button to shoot because you had more buttons to work with. Possibly. And it, well, I never played it on the Super Nintendo, so I never tried that out. But the uh, Nintendo level, I just kind of dodged and, you know, duck dodged. What is it? Duck dive dodge. And See, dodge. it's not easy to remember. But anyways, everybody yeah. knows what <laughs> Whatever. <talking about. laughs> So, no, I just kind of uh, outrace my opponents. Yeah. But uh, so the obstacles in this uh, level include Lego or off-brand Lego Mega Blocks, if you may. Yeah. Uh, a chessboard, which has the pieces which you kind of have to dodge around. There's books and pencil crayons as well. And the floor is marked by straight lines. All straight lines, like 90-degree angle turns and stuff like that. Is this kid drawn on the floor again? Oh, probably. He took the oh. chalk from the pool table. Now he's fucking around. He's he going to find out. He's like white out on his carpet or something. I'm um, going to take my belt off. Yeah. <laughs> I love that chessboard or, or like checkers board or whatever it was where you had to like pick your way through the pieces. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. It kind of uh, was a good obstacle in the middle of this course. Yeah. So finally, little Timmy, after screwing around and wrecking everything of his dad's, gets kicked outside to the garden. This is where he does helicopters, and helicopters are fun. Yeah, did you have any, uh, did you ever have any Micro Machines helicopters? Oh, tons. Uh, All the uh, Cobras and Apaches and Comanches and stuff like that I could get my little grubby hands on. Nice. I had had these ones, uh, I think they were Micro Machine made them, but like... um, it was like a, it had like a circular helicopter blade on it, like a like kind of like a whirly gig, but it was a helicopter. And then it had like a handheld little ripcord thing, and you could pull it, and they would fly. Don't know if those were micro machines. I think they were. Uh, you never but they know. were. Yeah, they were cool though. Um, 
but I didn't have too many like I didn't have too many helicopters, but I I do remember those and they were a lot of fun. Well, I bought all the military kits, so I had a, a good collection of helicopters. But, yeah, what do uh, you think? What do you think of racing through the uh, the garden there? This is where I actually kind of uh, bowed out. Yeah, <laughs> it was annoying. It, it's really like, the garden hard. is your your like the plants in the garden are your track boundaries but they're not straight line. So if you hit the wrong spot, it bounces you backwards and it takes about two seconds for you to actually get control back. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And it just kind of, uh, you got to be very careful about how you take the corners. So some of the obstacles in this are snake shells, protrusions from the plants on the level, and then water from the water hoses you got to dodge. Oh, yeah. And then like, I think you could get kind of blown off the course and end up like in the the bushes are really like the boundaries of the course right yeah and that was another uh, f you to the player yeah <laughs> but Just you know it's it's all fun and games until you know you get angry and then you throw a controller through your expensive tv yeah, that's the good thing about the '90s too. Is the TVs like those CRT TVs could take a controller, not like our like garbage TVs nowadays. No, you weren't breaking that. You weren't breaking that controller or the TV. No, exactly. <laughs> Things built to break nowadays. I can't even game a rage like this is insane. Yeah, you gotta just bury it and probably you know like like that Family Guy where like Peter buries his emotions and they turn into tumors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. And that's how yeah. I'm going to die. It's just gamer rage, buried gamer rage deep, tumors. deep down. <laughs> so in this game, when you beat three levels, you get to go to a bonus level. And the bonus yeah. levels are some honky tonk bullshit. Dude, yeah, these suck. I, yeah, I, I watch playthroughs of these. They're, they're possible to beat, but holy fuck, do you have to be 100% precise? Oh, yeah, I am. Um, I beat them because I mapped a button to my uh, controller when I played this on my computer, like on the emulator. Yeah. I mapped a button to slow down my uh, my car, and that was the only way I could actually make it through the bonus levels going at slow motion. Oh, nice. Okay. So it's kind of like a, like a reverse turbo feature. Yeah, it just slows kinda... the whole game down, like cuts yeah. the frame rate down to like, 15 frames a second oh that's awesome then you can then you can really pick your way through those because there was like the first one had puddles it was like it's the rough trucks or the tough trucks or i can't remember but it's like basically the the monster truck version of micro machines but like they were falling in the puddles and it's like don't the wheels do anything or does this thing jump at all or do i really have to just pick yeah and it was stupid too because it was just like little lefts and rights he had to do to stay like on the track but any slight deviation or just accidentally too far over and then your truck was in the water and back you go and it's a one lap race the clock so any fuck up is pretty much the end of your thing and when you beat it you get a one up right yep but uh which i suppose could be useful but uh it is if you it is if you kind of suck at the game yeah, but you know, if you suck at the game, you're not getting a fucking one up because that, that's true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't think about that one. You got me there. Yeah, <laughs> you're not getting a one up. Yeah. yeah so uh, the obstacles in the bonus level are just the water puddles, the rock paths over water, the weeds that really get in your way. Like everything's designed to slow you down, and these weeds in the middle of the path will actually slow you down. And they'll catch your tire. So you have to either back up or turn all the way around to uh, go around and you got to do it super slow. Yeah. And like, 
you'd see like the the track is kind of marked out by white lines, but like sometimes it would disappear and you'd have to go around like a like the shaft of a shovel or something like that. And then the track would pick up on the other side. But you kind of have to like really be thinking ahead to even see where that's going to be. Yeah. And if you do actually beat the level with a perfect driving, you still only do it with like five seconds to spare, which means that's your left and right is five seconds. I just don't understand like how you would, I mean, I guess like if you just play this game over and over and over again, but like, man, it would be so hard to get the muscle memory to like get through these bonus stages. I, I don't, I just don't see how anyone. I don't know about that. Cause when I picked up that, like I played a little bit before we started recording tonight and uh, I picked it up and the first levels was almost bang on muscle memory. I knew where the turns were coming up. I knew everything. So it was just repetition in this game. Yeah. It's just like the later ones, you know, like you'd really have to get pretty damn good at this game to, to pick your way through some of the later. Oh yeah. And playing it over and over and over again is the only way to beat this one. That or slow motion where you don't have to take the time to think on the fly or you could kind of anticipate everything that's coming up. Yeah. This is a challenging little game. That's for sure. All right. So that's basically micro machines in a nutshell. So before we get into ranking this, uh, Sam, what are your final thoughts on the game? Uh, just, it's great. It's, you know, I've, I've been like just gushing over like the the graphic presentation and just I love the variety of vehicles and all the little characters. I mean, we didn't we didn't go too much into the characters. I mean, if you're if you're interested in playing the game, each of the characters has different little attributes. So like on top of, you know, the sports cars are fast, you know, whoever you're driving as, you know, also throws another layer on top of that. And also the, you know, the other characters that you're racing also influences your playthrough. So like each playthrough can be different depending on who you pick and who you pick to race and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of like replay. Yeah, value maybe, maybe game. we, uh, I forgot because I kind of jumped over in the notes a little bit, but yeah, we should go over the characters real quick here. Yeah. We could chat about them quick. I mean, there's uh what probably Three, four, six five, or seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven characters total. Oh, um, I was way off. Only, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you count. No. You can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. <laughs> Name the movie with micro machines. Yeah, with micro machines. <laughs> We're gonna race. Right, so, uh, real quick here, going over the characters. You have Spider, who's the cool guy, leather jacket, sunglasses. He is the fastest and pretty much the well-rounded character. Yeah. Uh, you got Mike next, who's fast on the boats. Yeah, it's kind of a random. Uh stat for him to be good at <laughs> yeah well he's somebody you want to pick early in the game to get rid of yeah later, actually, maybe later in the game might be good yeah Either way. i mean there's only a couple boat races so yeah uh fun. next you have walter he's slow and steady this is a guy you say for near the end yeah uh, you want everybody else knocked out because when they lose three times you get to pick a new character to replace one yeah. of the three you pick initially you want shitty Walter to be at the end. Yeah, and you got Cherry, who's uh, she's a mid-range racer, but she's aggressive. So when you're in anything that she can kill you with, she will try to kill you. Yeah. Uh, Joel is aggressive, and he'll bump you off the track as much as he can, which really sucks in the levels that you are on a table there that can get knocked off. Yeah. Uh, Bonnie will destroy you if able. Dwayne will wait until the end of end of the race to beat you, so he'll get like a little bit of a third lap bump. Yeah, I think that I think he might have been on the 
on the set of opponents when I noticed everyone get faster. It was probably that guy. Yeah. Uh, Chen will cheat if he's able to. So he'll cut corners or do what he can to work around actually, you know, winning the race fairly. Mm -hmm. Annie will attack from behind. Jethro, he's the best with the tanks and he will actually fall behind you in the tank to destroy you. So he won't (laughs) even race you. He's just a dick. Yeah. And Emilio will do anything to win, which means he will run you down. He'll shoot you. He'll bump you. He is just basically the guy you want to get rid of early. Yeah, he's an asshole. He was, uh, I got to a point where he was one of my opponents and he's just real fucking fast and and he'll catch you. There's a, there's a big rubber banding effect with Emilio. He's always, he's always right behind you no matter what. Yeah, and that's where the challenge is, is picking the characters in the right order so that you can kind of bump out the more difficult ones early and then keep the easier ones for the end of the game. Yeah, and that's kind of a um, one one last thing quick with the characters is that's kind of a like if you really learn how the characters work and flow within the game, like that's kind of a difficulty setting in itself because like you could choose to be Walter and then you could save the real shitheads for like later in the game and and really make things difficult for yourself if you're very skilled yeah just add to the extra challenge yeah i think that's that's a really cool like just well done well it also takes a little bit of a trial and error like yeah it doesn't really tell you what color each character is when you actually go into a racer but if you figure it out it's uh you'll always be fourth place to start a race and then one two and three will be from your right on the selection screen, one, two, three. Sorry, from the left. Oh, yeah. I don't know if in the in the NES version, did it do this? Like right before the race, it showed everyone's picture and then the car rolled. Oh, they did, the didn't they? So, yeah, you do know yeah. who's what color. And then, yeah, if you can remember. <laughs> yeah, I, obviously I didn't remember because I, I just said what I said. But uh, all right, so we went through your final thoughts already. My final thoughts on this game is it's just really a fun experience to have. And it's a great pick up and play game. Yeah, Um, I absolutely like I had this cartridge right up until I had to sell my entire Nintendo collection. And I would always pop this in whenever I was just like in the mood for something, but not something that was too, too serious. I'd play it for a few hours and then put it down and not play it again for months. That that was the beauty of this game. Yeah, it's a great game. You know, the other thing that I forgot is like when you're progressing through the different vehicles, it's in that like yellow display case that's shaped kind of like a garage. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And the one that, yeah, where every uh, race you get another car added to it. Yeah, I have one of those. Seriously? Yeah, it's I think it's still I got to find it if it's at my parents house, but I have that exact yellow carrying case with like the clear plastic cover and like slots for the cars. Well, you have to post a picture of that uh, on the discord. Yeah, I'll have to find it, but I want to find it and like fill it with my micro machines and like display it in my office. (laughs) Of course, like I'm surprised you haven't done that. Get a shadow box, put it up on the wall. Yeah, it's like a micro machine shadow box. I think that thing is awesome. All right, uh, time to score the game. Yeah. And you're going to get the honors again, Sam. Uh, you get scored out of 10. What are you going to give this game? Oh, I've just been talking it up so much. Uh, I'm going to give it like a seven and a half. Seven and a half. All right. I'm going to give it a one. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> what? 
after you know basically sucking the dick that is yeah. this game. I love this game. I'd pop in it all the time, but it fucking sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, I freaking hate it and I hate my life. And this game gets one. No, I'm gonna go for an eight. Uh, okay, yeah, that's fair. It's a good game. Yeah, it's like I said. This is, I have a lot of good memories about this game. Um, we're coming off of the Desert Strike where I was not too fond of it, so this yeah. was a nice breath of fresh air. Uh, it gets that little bit of um, you don't you're not Desert Strike bump, we'll call it. Yeah. The- <laughs> and overall, yeah, this game is definitely uh, scores high. It's a, it's an eight out of ten, and I will continue to play it again time here and there, and that's it. Yeah, for sure. I'd leave it on the emulator. It's a it's a fun ass game. It's cool. I wish like we were talking about all the sequels that it got. There was a Micro Machines 2 like we talked about uh, with with Raging Demons comment. Uh, there was um, even like I was surprised to see like into the GameCube PS2 era. There were some Micro Machines games, even as like the popularity of the toy had kind of waned a little bit. Well, um, I remember going back to a Toys R Us and yeah. yes, we still have those in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, we went in there, and there was actually Micro Machines on the wall. There's a different company, and they were mm-hmm. made from uh, just pure, cheap-looking plastic. It, it didn't yeah. have the same feel as Micro Machines did back in the day. Yeah, I think they've they've since revived the uh, the brand, I guess, under a new, uh, like under the Hasbro umbrella, and just pumped out cheap shit. But it's like, yeah. man, I got a whole bunch of them that are like. 30 plus years old here and, and they still hold up. Yeah. I was always uh, thinking about going on eBay there and seeing if I couldn't find a good lot of them for cheap, but I haven't, uh, haven't actually done that yet. Yeah. I'd loved it. Like when I, when I have some like spare cash to throw away, I definitely want to do that. Cause that would just, I don't care what they are. It would just be fun to just add to the, add to the collection. Oh yeah. Just get a gigantic ass box. Yeah. I just start playing with them. Random ones. All right. So it's a uh, tier list time. We've, obviously been putting every game into a tier list from yeah. s to e i think f is our lowest yeah uh, um gosh. what are you thinking for this game where are you going to put it on the tier list i'm going to put it in the b tier oh, b tier okay so for for everyone's reference the b tier currently holds act razor battle toads and fantasy star so i think this it's pretty pretty lofty um companions there in the b tier but i think i think this game deserves it what about you yeah, the B tier is um, not as bad as it sounds. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I guess we're saving the S tier for just the games that blow our minds, but the B tier is still for good games. Yeah, it's a, it's a good game. It's a game that, that um, you had some fun with and you would come back to. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to agree with you. This belongs in the B tier. Nice. Yeah, so it'll be our fourth game entering the B tier. So far, only three games have been better than it. Uh, ironically enough, they're also the three games that are on our most listened to episodes. So, yeah, some some correlation there, right? Turtles yeah, and Time. We, we made some right calls. Justification. Just great, great games. Oh, absolutely. All right. So next week, we're going to be uh, sitting back and relaxing a little bit as we play the Super Nintendo Classic Sim City. And I'll probably try to pop in the original version if I can find a good copy. So on PC, uh oh, yeah, I think it's PC IBM. Oh, on the Remember floppy back disk, then when it... instead of just PCs, it was you had to get something literally for IBM. Oh yeah, like one of those. Uh, gosh, what were they called? Whatever, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> 
Look it up. If I be old IBM computer listener, look it up. I don't I don't feel like trying to think of what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember you had the Amiga there. You had the IBM PC, you had the Apple Macintosh. and Yeah. Or the Apple II. Yeah. Then uh, then it just kind of amalgamated to PCs and Apple. So, yeah, it's an old game and it, it was on a lot of stuff. Well, it's a groundbreaking game in uh, many ways. But yeah, we'll sure. talk about that next time. So for now, please uh, please enjoy the episode. And if you can, give us a rating on Spotify. And if not, well, I guess, I guess you won't. Until <laughs> next time, keep gaming. All right. See you later, everyone.